Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. This message I'm about to share took a totally different turn than I thought it was going to take. And uh, I, I kind of had the download on my way to men's prayer. If you ever want to tap into like the, the root thing, the thing where a lot of this stuff's birth, you should be at men's prayer. It's where the power happens. It's where God usually sets me up for a Wednesday night if I was totally honest. And, uh, but this thing took a turn and I'm, I'm really happy with the turn. And we're going to go after, the title of my message is just pulling, it's called Pulling Down Strongholds. Now listen, uh, part of being a Christian that the enemy would really like to take out of your theology is his reality, his existence. Because he does his finest work in, in darkness. And so if we're not aware that he's active in the world today, that he's moving in this world today, that he still wants to, the thing he hates the most is whatever God loves the most. So guess what he hates the most? You. He hates you because God loves you because you were made in his image. And him and his little minions, they're, they're very active in the world. And that, but, but what they prefer is stay hidden in our life. What they prefer is lock themselves in a corner of our life and, and begin to work behind the scenes and mess with God's children. And some people say, well, how can a Christian have demonic influence in their life. Because being a Christian means your soul is saved. It's salvation starts, you become a believer in Jesus, your soul is saved. But God made you to be authority here on earth. He gave authority to man. We gave it to the devil, Genesis. God, Jesus came back, cleaned it up, fixed it up, took the authority back for us. And so when we become his children by belief in Jesus, dying on the cross for our sins, and accepting him as Lord and Savior, we are reinstored to our authority but we still can give away authority. We can give away authority in our own life. And how we do that, the, the, the kingdom of darkness works on a very much like lawyers. They, they work on a legal system. Okay? They, there are legal rules because they can't, they are defeated. Understand that when Jesus says enough is enough, it's over. So the only way that they can get to get a foothold or a stronghold in our world is if we surrender that authority if we advocate what Jesus said and we move out from under that and then we come in agreement with the lie, we can be influenced. And, you know, I'm not talking about like, not, it doesn't always look like Hollywood tries to make it look, right? It can be very simple. It can be an area of your life where it's a no-fly zone. Nobody's allowed to touch that. No one's allowed to talk about that. I'm shut down in that area. Problem when you shut down something coming in, you also shut down something going out. Love can't get in, love can't get out. You might be protecting yourself. I don't want to get hurt. But the same door that the hurt could come through is the same door that love can come through. And so when we build a stronghold, we keep out the good as well as the bad. Does that make sense? Okay, pulling down strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. 
casting down arguments in every high thing. See the legal thing here? We've got to actually cast down arguments that go against God's word. And every high thing, demons, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity in obedience of Christ. Why do we want to bring our life into obedience of Christ? Because Christ came, he said, I came to give life and life abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why there's no compromise with evil. That's why I hate to burst people's bubble, but the coexist sticker, that's not a real thing. The devil will not, you can't make a treaty with him. Say, listen, I'll let you stay here. We'll let you do this, but you just stay over there. He'll say fine, and then he'll go right across the line. Because his native tongue is a lie. The Bible says his native tongue is a liar. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So why do I want to be obedient to Christ? I want to be obedient to Christ because he gives life. He gives freedom. He gives joy. He gives peace. His Holy Spirit, kindness, love, peace, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. And so we as Christians, we're called to be stronghold puller down people. That's a very technical term. That's how it translates out in the Hebrew, Okay. So if you actually break it down, stronghold, pull her down people, okay? But for your sake, I'll just say, let's pull down strongholds. We want to be people that know how to pull down strongholds. And you know what's really fun about Jesus? If you're willing to learn how to pull down strongholds in your own life, pretty soon, you're going to start to be able to pull down strongholds in other people's life. And often, the very stronghold that you had to wrestle with will be the place where you'll find the most flow of the Holy Spirit. If you struggled with fear and you struggled to get peace and you've struggled with fear your whole life, once you get that stronghold torn down, torn down you're able to, you'll just be like a bloodhound for fear. I think that person's afraid. Come here, I'm going to pray for you. You know, and you, get, you break fear off of people. If you've had to contend with health issues over and over and over, often people that operate in a healing ministry, you'll find out a a good friend of our house, in fact, uh, Pastor Jurgen's brother-in-law, Andrew Kabbalah, almost died two times from uh, leukemia. Now, whenever he goes, people get healed. There was a wrestle there and then a breakthrough. But we, we learn how to pull down these strongholds in our own life so that we can help others. And it's just nice to not have all that bondage and chains in our life. You know, anybody ever like just wake up randomly with like tons of anxiety for no reason? Everyone had one of those mornings? Every now and then, right, it just hits you. It's like, wouldn't it be nice to never have one of those mornings again? Wouldn't it be nice to not wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Wouldn't it be nice to, you know, not get hangry all the time? I don't know, maybe God can heal that too. But we gotta... Take the thoughts captive and bring them under obedience of Christ. I just want to hit this again. There is no compromise with the devil. He will always take more than you want him to take, stay longer than you want him to stay, and cost you more than you want him to pay. Every time. Every time. So as Christians, we've got to make a decision. Man, I'm not going to give him one inch. Not in my life, not in my family's life, not in my church's life. So how do we do that? How do we do that? We're going to get to that in a minute. I want to read a passage from 2 Samuel. This is King David. He's now become king, and he's going to take back the city of God, Jerusalem. But it was inhabited by some other people, and they had a stronghold built. A stronghold was built, uh, meaning a fortress. And they, these, the, the bad guys in this story that I'm about to read are so confident in the stronghold that they're, they're up there taunting Let's, re- let's pick up at 2 Samuel 5, 6 through 8. 
And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who spoke to David saying, you shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will repel you, thinking David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is the city of David. Now David said on that day, whoever climbs up by the way of the water shaft and defeats the Jebusites, and then he adds this, the lame and the blind who are hated by by David's soul. Strong words. You shall be the chief and the captain. Therefore they say, the blind and the lame shall not come into the house. One of the key ways you will figure out where strongholds are is there will be blindness and lameness in that area of your life. That's what the enemy does. He will bring blindness. He'll take away your vision in that area. If you have a stronghold in um, relationships where you assume that all, everyone will eventually leave you, you'll have no vision for a happy marriage. You'll have no vision for the future. You'll lose your vision and you will become lame in that area. You will be a lame spouse because you already expect them to leave you, so you already have a wall up. You're already defensive, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, so you can never walk out what God intended for you because you become blind, and thus you become lame in that area. So real quick, as we're going to get ready to do some ministry time, maybe just throw up to the Holy Spirit. Where do I see cycles of blindness and lameness? Where does it keep going crazy, chaotic, wrong, it's like no matter what I do, let me give you some examples. I'm not picking on anyone. But maybe uh, no matter how hard you try to save money, you are never have enough money. It just always disappears. You can't, you can't seem to hold it. No matter how much you make, it's gone. There's never an abundance. There's never an overflow. Okay? You would ask yourself, am I being responsible? Am I applying biblical responsibility? But perhaps, and very likely, maybe there's a stronghold of a poverty mindset there. Maybe the enemy has gotten you blind to seeing how you can actually be a producer. Maybe he's gotten you lame where you're not able and things just go wrong or unexpected bills out of nowhere. Maybe that's a stronghold in your world. Are you blind and lame in that area? And I'm not saying lame to make fun of you. I'm talking about it's like crippled. It's like no matter what I do, I cannot make it happen in this area. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe you've just been through a a slew of relationships, relationships, and you keep going, how do I keep finding the same person? Like, I keep dating the same person. Perhaps it's not them. Perhaps it's you. And there's a stronghold there because the common denominator in every relationship you've been in is you. (laughs) And I say that very, very, um, no judgment. I'm just saying, perhaps, is there a blindness there? Is there a lameness there? If we can have our eyes, that's why David was so passionate about it. He said, no one comes in this house that's blind or lame. So what's a stronghold? A stronghold has three definitions, and I actually, my points are going to be with the definitions, because for each one, I felt God just highlight to me uh, a point. And we're going to fly through these, and then we're going to pray for people. So here's, here's what I want today. I don't want this to just be information like, I learned about strongholds today. whoop de doo I actually want you to allow the Holy Spirit, if there's an area where, he ha- where the enemy has a stronghold in your life, to actually allow God to break that down today. To not leave here still with that. We got a prophetic word over our church from a prophetic person that I really trust saying, once the house is clean, it'll be filled. 
And I believe God just wants to do some house cleaning tonight because he's getting ready to fill your life with his goodness, with his love, with his blessing, with his favor. And if you came out of like a really religious background like I did, you might feel a little like, whoa, it's not fair for me to want to be blessed and loved and favored and all those things. I was told that that's wrong for me to want that. But the whole world doesn't want to come to church because they look at the church and they go, how come those people don't have anything I want? But then you read about Jesus and you're like, I would want that. There's an old quote from a DC talk song from my OG, you know, vacation Bible school Christians up in the house. Kids says, the greatest single cause of atheism in the, in the world today is not, uh, are as Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their mouth, but then go on with their lifestyle. Yeah. It's that God wants his goodness to shine off of you because you're the ecclesia, you're the chosen ones, you're the ones that he has set apart for good works to bring him glory, and we don't want strongholds that reject the goodness of God. Amen? Amen. So, first definition of a stronghold, a fortified place. Point number one, the fortified place. The fortified place. This is where, so we're looking for strongholds in our life. This is the area where we have very strong excuses or opinions. That's one way to look at it. Because what if all that fortified means is it's been strengthened. And listen, there's only two ways strongholds go spiritually in our world. They either get knocked down or they keep getting stronger. Once again, the enemy is not dumb. He's going to take every inch in your life. So he might have a little stronghold of unforgiveness, but if he can, he'll, keep, he'll get another person to offend you and another person to hurt your feelings and another person to let you down, and he'll just keep putting up post after post after post after post. So by the time you actually realize you have a stronghold, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's a, it is a city. It is not a little fort. <laughs> This is an entire city. We have Jericho living in my heart. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's the strong, it's a place where we make strong excuses in our lives. Well, that's just how I am. I'm, I'm, I'm Italian. I'm hot-blooded, okay? I'm, I have a temper. Deal with it. I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> well, I just, I, I do it my own way. I don't care what people say. It's the places where we make excuses for behavior that doesn't line up with God's word and then we, may, we, we, we deny what he says we should be. We make excuses. That can be a stronghold. It's a fortified place. It's a no-fly zone in your life. Come on, that's what marriages are for. Marriages are to help you detect your strongholds of like areas you're a little touchy about. Am I right? Come on, if you've been married more than a year, you know what I'm talking about. Like if you got... <laughs> If you've, got, if you've got issues with, let's pick on the guys for a minute. You've got issues with your masculinity and, and, and you, you're really deep down inside, you're insecure. And so no one can, can, can ever correct you because that might mean that you're not good enough, which means I'm rejected, which means how dare you. And so rage and anger explodes and your spouse never can talk about that one thing. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Am I the only one? Come on. God gave you a spouse to find those things. They will trigger you. And you can fight with each other or you can fight for each other. You can fight with each other or you can fight for each other. Hmm. I look in the mirror. I'm not too crazy about the person I am today. Maybe instead of staying up in this stronghold and blaming, maybe, I would, maybe I'll tear down 
that stronghold. Areas you can't be challenged. You know, oh, I'll come to church, but I don't want to go to a connect group, and I don't want to be on team because I don't want anybody challenging me. I don't want anyone telling me I'm not doing it right. I don't want anybody saying that I need to change something or shift something. I don't want anybody looking under the hood in this area of my life, and so it's a closed-off area. How do we break those, kind of, those fortified places, the fortified place? First thing, we begin to use the word of God to measure ourselves, not our comparison. Not our comparison. Check this out in the Bible. The Bible's so good. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. This is Paul talking. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves amongst themselves, are not wise. <laughs> are not wise. Let me help you. If you use other people or even yourself to decide how good of a person you are, you are not wise. Because I can always find somebody more messed up than me. Come on. Am I right? You know, like, hey, no matter how bad it gets, you're like, well, yeah. <laughs> Pastor Alex, you know, I mean, he's, he's right there. I think I make inappropriate jokes and I hang out with Pastor Scott and I'm like, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Salvation's working in my body. You just never know what's gonna come off the front row over here. And he's so good when it's naughty, he'll throw it just where you can hear it. No one else. And it's like, how did he do that? But now I've totally lost my train of thought. You did it again, Pastor Scott. No, but I could compare, I can always find somebody worse than me. Always, always, you know? I mean, you might have to dig deep, you might have to watch like a serial killer documentary, but you can find someone, you know? I have only killed two people, I'm doing better. It's not wise, but oh my goodness, how clearly I can see where I have strongholds when I use the word of God as my measurement stick. Not to beat myself up or condemn me, but to actually let the Holy Spirit say, the same spirit that lived in Jesus lives in you, and I can empower you to live this kind of life. If, you'll, if you're willing to, to lay this down, lay this down in my world. I remember I met this guy when I was a young adult pastor. He came to our young adult ministry, and he was really like, just charismatic and outgoing. He walks up to me and seemed like a really fun guy. And like literally within like two minutes of the conversation, he's just telling me, man, I'm, I love Jesus. I'm saved. I like, I'm going to do all these things for God. Just you wait and see. The only thing I don't subscribe to is that you have to wait till you're married to have sex. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, first thing, we're going to keep an eye on you in our young adult ministry. And... <laughs> And second thing, man, you have not had a revelation of God and who he really is. If you're just able to go, you know what? Yeah, I'm down with all the stuff I like, but not that thing. Don't like that verse. I'm, I, oh, I serve you, Lord. I love you, Lord. 10%? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Ooh, I know. I got personal. I'm sorry. But it, check it out. Here's the deal. Proverbs 29, 18 says this. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy are those who keep the law. Yes. I don't judge you if you're not obeying God in an area of your life. One, because I don't know if anyone's ever told you. So first, let me just say, it, 
Let's read the Bible together. If you're new to this church thing, God's going to take you one step at a time. I love watching a person who just gets saved and goes all in. They're like, every time they come to church, like, did you know I've been doing that? And apparently I got to stop. And they're like, uh, like it's blowing their mind. I love that. That's my favorite people, you know, my favorite people. I remember one time I got done preaching, this guy walked up to me and goes, nice bleeping speech. I'm like, I like you. <laughs> but as God, as you get a revelation, and I'm not just talking about a revelation about what he t- wants us to do with our life, not lie, not cheat, not steal. We get these revelations, but it actually goes deeper. Do you have a revelation of that he's good? Because if you know he's good, then what he's asking you is not to your detriment or to your sacrifice, but it's ultimately for the best thing it could be in your life. That's why I, I have this saying that a Christian struggling with sin has an identity issue more than they have a sin issue. And they're, they're, the thing they don't, they don't identify yet, they haven't had a revelation of God's goodness. That nothing he puts in here, I use this analogy a lot, but when I'm driving on these beautiful canyons and these beautiful mountains and we're on the edge of a cliff and they put those guardrails so that if I'm not paying attention, I slam off the side, they stop me from going off the edge. I've never once been like, I can't believe Utah. Why would they put those ugly guardrails in my way? I've thought, huh, you know, I'm kind of thankful for those. I mean, if they were like eight feet tall, I'd be annoyed, but like I can still see, but I know that that's there to make sure I don't fall off a cliff and lose my life. And the same is true with God's word and God's law. It's not to punish you. It's not to keep you restrained. It's actually to keep you on the life and life abundant path. Jesus said, I came to give life and life abundantly. He knows where the pitfalls are. He knows where the traps are. He knows where the, the pain and the lies of the enemy are. So can we get a revelation? Okay. Re- obedience to God, restraint in the, in the flesh leads to be happy. That's literally what the proverb says. But happy are those who keep the law. Not out of religious obligation, but out of understanding his nature and his goodness. So where is God not allowed to tell you what to do? Because that's where you'll probably find the blind and lame stronghold. Where is God not allowed to tell you to do something? And tonight, we're going to pray. If God highlights something, he's been telling you to do something, you've refused to do it. Listen, you can break that stronghold down tonight. Because the goodness of God is his mercies are new every morning. He's not bringing this up to shame you. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs that love covers a matter. God's not trying to expose you. He's trying to heal you. He's trying to deliver you because that thing is causing a stronghold in your world. Number two, definition of a stronghold. A place of security or survival. The secure place. The secure place. This one's interesting. There are strongholds often in places we go for security that aren't in the Lord. See, check this out. What do we call people that uh, are timid or afraid or shy Call them insecure. It's people that prioritize staying in a secure place instead of stepping into what God has for them. And so, of course, we have grace and patience for your insecurities. But what I want to tell you is that insecurities, they'll lie to you. They'll tell you, you know, like, oh, I'm just humble. I don't know. No. You're actually pulling yourself to a place of security when God wanted to be your security. 
oh, I'm not gonna talk to people or get involved in any way because I'm just insecure. I don't want them to, I don't want them to see. I'm not gonna go up and get prayer because I don't want people to judge me. I'm insecure. But insecure is a trap. And it, and it whispers to you, you're safe here. But God wants to be your refuge and your fortress, the Bible says. He wants to be your security. And to be honest, sometimes he's a little scary. He's wild. He'll ask you to do things that do go against what you used to go to for security. But he's doing it because he's got gifts and talent and beauty in you. Do you know that you're at your core, every human being desires and needs these four things, to be loved, to be seen, to be known, and to be wanted. Every human. I don't care if you're a sanguine or an introvert. I don't care if you're short or tall. Every human being, male or female, known, seen, loved, wanted, and needed. We all want that. And your insecurity, although it tells you you're safe because of me, is actually the thing that's blocking you from being known, loved, needed, and wanted. And life will be a perpetual letdown if you let that stronghold whisper to you that you're safe here when God said, no, come with me. Ephesians 1, 4 through 5 says this. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ. Do you understand God chose you? He chose you. And so if he chose you and he's whispering to you, you can do this, son. You can do this, daughter. You can step out. You can grow. You can go past this. Now's the time. He chose you from the beginning. Before you were made, he already chose you. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. You want to know something crazy? I never wake up in the morning and say, you know what I really want to do? Torture my boys. And sometimes they're pills and they kind of deserve it. But I never wake up. I never wake up saying, you know, I just want to make them do things that make them afraid for no reason. I just want to be mean to them. I just want them to be uncomfortable. No. The only time I push them out of their comfort zone is because I know that what they're going to get from this will bring life and life abundantly for them. That, that they will have a good life because I'm pushing them out of the nest. I'm not gonna be a helicopter pilot. I have to let my kids do things that are a little risky, that are a little challenging for them, a little scary for them. I'm still trying to find that line with boys because nothing seems to scare them. But I'm just saying, like I have to, <laughs> that's my job as a father. Let's break down the insecurity wall. Why? Because first or 2 Corinthians 9.8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. Do you know grace isn't just forgiveness for the things you did wrong, but grace is the power to do the things right. Grace is the ability. It's when I don't know how I'm gonna go that, that extra step, but God's grace comes out and we land where he intended me to land. He is able to make all grace abound towards you. Well, I'm afraid. What if I'm rejected? God's grace will be with you. Well, I'm worried. I'm concerned. What if people judge me? God's grace will be with you. He's able. 
that you always, now check this out, ground abound to you, that you always have all sufficiency in all things. Wouldn't it be nice in life to walk around with that confidence? All sufficiency. Everything I need for this day, I already have. Everything I need to be a victor this day, everything I need to step into everything God has for me, I already have. All sufficiency in all things that are, yep, may have an abundance for every good work. Pretty sure someone mentioned that in their preach. An abundance. Not a just enough. Another translation says an overflow to do every good work that you see. I don't know about you, but I want to sign up for that life. I would like to have enough where anytime, hey, that person looks like they need help with their groceries. Boom, no problem, bought it. Hey, that person's car broke down. Hey, here's a car. I would love to be able, and that's what I'm believing for. That's what I want. I want to be all good works. So why would I be insecure if he's able? Come on, today, if if you've been riddled with insecurity, stop giving that thing a, a pass. It's not how you were meant to live. And God wants to break that. It's a stronghold. It actually keeps you from being free. Have you ever noticed that very little kids really don't have that many insecurities? They can be afraid, like they're afraid of the dark, but they're just whatever. Once they know you and trust you, they're like, woo, this is what, music comes on, whatever they want, their bodies just contort. They don't care. We had to learn to care and be insecure and be worried about being judged. That was a learned thing. And it was never intended. Mankind used to walk around buck naked and not ashamed. Come on. We should implement that, implement that in the house. Amen. Okay. Sorry. Come back. See, Pastor Scott, maybe I shouldn't speak so quickly. <laughs> Point three, we're going to pray for people. And this one is kind of the culmination. The third definition of a stronghold is a place dominated by a particular group or marked by a particular characteristic. The dominated place. This is the place of control and chaos. See, demons and the demonic, they they like to stick to a pattern a tried and tested pattern. And usually they like to stick to a pattern in a family line. And so you'll find that my parents got divorced. Commonly, I end up in divorce. My parents committed really perverted sexual sin. It creeps into my world. My parents were bitter and angry and I became bitter and angry. It's, it's, it's a place where there's a control that's almost like you didn't cause it, but it just showed up. And if you look, you can kind of see it move down the family line. The Bible refers to that as generational curses. But can I tell you this? That the Bible says that generational curses can go down four generations, but one choice of obedience will go a thousand generations. So here's what I'm telling you is that by the blood and the power of Jesus, you can demand that that chain of sin or of uh, iniquity 
can be broken off of your family line. Even if your parent or grandparent or great-grandparent were the one that opened the door and they never repented, you can declare that the blood of Jesus, and check this out, where one bloodline sent a curse, the blood of Jesus adopted into a new family, you have a new bloodline. That's the power of the gospel. As at any generation, at any time can say, that might've came down my family line. We might come from a chain of alcoholics. We might come from a chain of addicts. We might come from a chain of, uh, of poverty and brokenness, but the family line can shift because it's Jesus' blood now. It's Jesus' blood now. And by being obedient, putting that on the altar and saying, God, I I do not agree with this choice or this destiny or this verdict. I do not agree with it. I agree with you and what you did on the cross. We break the power of that thing. Another dominated place, God tells us that we are have to forgive people. And so when we choose to not forgive, we open that door into our world. We allow the enemy by legal right to come in. Some of you need to break the stronghold of unforgiveness, bitterness. You've gone past, I I won't forgive them, but actually you spend a good amount of time just daydreaming about. I can't wait till they get what's coming to them. That person that stole that money from me, that person that accused me falsely, oh, I can't wait. Spend your prayer time. Come on, God, get them, get them. Sick him. <laughs> you are my vengeance, says the Lord. Bitterness, hatred, hatred where you actually physically, you see them and you just, ah. <sighs> Rebellion this is an interesting one. Rebellion can open the doors. It's usually caused by rejection. But rebellion is to seek or impose your will on others. Saying, fine, you reject me, I rebel. I'll never talk to you, mom and dad, ever again. I'm the black sheep of the family. I don't need anyone. Well, the Bible says honor your father and mother. Well, they haven't done anything worth honoring. They gave you life. Start there. Well, everything else is chaos. Well, start with what you can. And then forgive the rest. Honor them for their place. Because you hear what I'm saying? No, we don't want to be a rebellious people. Rebellion, maybe, maybe you have rebellion in your heart towards church leadership. You're like, I go to church because I like the music, but I will not, I will not allow anyone to ever tell me what I should or shouldn't do in my walk. Never. I know it's exaggerated, but I'm telling you, I've met people like this. They can play the church card, but if you ever say, hey, I don't think that's super healthy, and the Bible says you shouldn't do that. And, ah! Rebellion to leadership in your life. Rebellion against people God has put in your world to unlock you. Lying and soul ties. Soul ties can come from um, sexual promiscuity. Sex was meant for a covenant, to be in a covenant between a man and a wife. And it says the two become one. So if you've slept with lots of other people, the two become one thing still happens. But God can sever that we come under obedience once again we say God 
forgive me for that. Now, and then you're not carrying it. Because if you're two of one, what if that person, you, know, you don't know what's coming down their pipeline, what's coming down their family line, right? Soul ties. Soul ties can also come from trauma. They can come from uh, irrational codependency on people. I need that person. I have to have that person, even if it's not a sexual relationship. And so I bring all these up because what you'll see is control and chaos in when, these, when there's open door, when there's a stronghold there. And I'm telling you firsthand, I've experienced the freedom of deliverance, the freedom of, of a breakthrough, where something I felt so powerless, so powerless, I could never defeat it. It was like I had to, I couldn't stop, I couldn't break it off me. When I got the freedom of deliverance, when I, when I broke the stronghold and agreement, Stronghold by definition means it's fortified in you and you've been banging on the walls. Come on. Why can't I break this? Why can't I stop this? Why can't I have breakthrough? It's time to clean the house. It's time to sweep away the stronghold. Let's stand to our feet right now. Worship team, you guys can come up. I want you to know that we have some of the most powerful and effective ministers in our church on our ministry team. Here's the deal. It's not, oh, well, Pastor Matt prayed for me, so that will break it. Or Pastor Alex prayed for me, or Pastor Loren. It's Jesus that does the breaking. It's Jesus that has the power. And so whoever you step up to on this ministry team, and ask God to heal and deal and deliver and break the strongholds, break the chains off of your life. It's your faith in Jesus and coming in agreement with the truth and rejecting the lie. So that's the simplest formula. Can I just tell you, that's how easy it is. You say, that's why, can we go back to my first verse, guys? Go to verse five. Casting down the arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. How do you break that stronghold? You tear it out from the roots. You say, the lie that I believed or the lie that my family believed, I reject that lie. I cast it down. I say, you are not right. You are wrong and I reject you. And then I replace it with the truth. This is what God says. God says I'm pure. God says I'm free. God says I'm holy. God says I'm blessed. The lie says, the stronghold yells down, you're blind and lame. You'll ne- I can't do it that way, there we go. <laughs> you're blind, you're lame, you'll never, you'll never break free. You'll never have success. You'll never be healed in this area. You gotta break that lie. You're gonna break that lie tonight and freedom's gonna come in. And don't, listen, right now, if like, as I'm talking, you're like, I need to get out of here. I, I am, the second he doesn't look here, I am leaving. You probably need to be the first one up here. Cause it might not be you whispering that in your head. Because what I'm saying is you can have freedom. And if that terrifies you, something else 
is whispering about that. Because you were made for freedom. You were made to not be insecure. You were made to live shame-free and guilt-free. Listen to me, there's someone in here right now that you were abused. And right now, you're, you're literally, your heart is screaming I'm getting out of here. And that trauma has built a stronghold. And God's gonna break it tonight. Whoever you are, don't, don't leave. And don't be afraid. God's not bringing it up tonight because he wants to shame you or embarrass you. In fact, he's sick and tired of you living under shame and embarrassment. And he is gonna free you. There's somebody else here that you, in your brokenness, abuse somebody. And God's forgiveness is extended to you. His forgiveness, I don't know why I don't deserve it. None of us do. But he doesn't want you to be bound up, condemned and tortured anymore. God, we thank you. We thank you. Let's turn our hand, turn your palms to heaven. I'm gonna pray a generic prayer right now. And then our ministry team's gonna come up. And God's gonna do some work. God's gonna do some work. He does not want you to live in this stronghold anymore. He does not want you to live insecure anymore. He does not want you to live in shame anymore. He does not want you to live in guilt anymore. Holy Spirit, right now, you're the great counselor. What you can do in 30 seconds, most counselors couldn't do in 30 years. You can redeem and heal and set free and give new life. Heal emotional, physical, spiritual trauma. Holy Spirit, we invite you right now. Any stronghold in our life, right now, Holy Spirit, as only you can do, begin to whisper. Begin to show your children where that stronghold is. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're gonna now have our ministry team up here. The worship team is gonna play a song. If you haven't got anything yet, that's okay. I'm not saying everybody in here has to have a stronghold. But I would definitely ask the Holy Spirit if you need a stronghold torn down, torn down. We cast down every stronghold. We cast down every stronghold. Right now, in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ, we declare that no stronghold in this room that people want to get rid of will remain. We declare it in the name of Jesus that this is a breakthrough night, that this is a holy night, that you are sovereign, Lord, and that your blood and your authority trumps any other, any other agreement right now. And God, we are ready to deal and break strongholds off of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.